0: Tyler Murray, Kenyon Drake, and DeAndre Hopkins, the Cardinals' offense could be explosive. We kick off our State of the Team series with a potential new power out west. Hello everyone and welcome to the debut episode of Fantasy Football in 15, a new show from us at The Athletic. This is going to be a truth and advertising show. We will be coming at you every Monday through Friday during the football season and we will be giving you everything you need to know in the fantasy football world in 15 tidy minutes. I'm your host Michael Beller joined today by one of my two co-hosts. One of them will be with me every single episode. This one is Chris Meany. Meany how you doing man?
1: I'm doing great Beller. I am fired up for the debut app and what a way to start. This is a great exciting team.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So for the first couple of weeks here, for six weeks or so of fantasy football in 15, we are going to be running through all 32 teams in the NFL, giving you a state of the team before some sort of training camp for NFL begins. And we are starting with one of the most exciting teams for the 2020 season, that being the Arizona Cardinals. Joining us is our Cardinals beat writer, Scott Bordeaux. Scott, you got to be excited about this team. I know us in the fantasy community certainly are.
2: Well, I think there are a lot of people who thought the Cardinals, quote, won the off season when you get DeAndre Hopkins, re-sign Kenyon Drake and draft Isaiah Simmons and maybe a potential long-term tackle in Josh Jones. I mean, you talk to people around the NFL, nobody would be surprised if this team went from five ten and one this past season to a playoff contender this coming season. So, yeah, the people in Arizona are pretty excited about the Cardinals.
0: Yeah, you've got year two for Kyler Murray, year two for Cliff Kingsbury. You mentioned the big DeAndre Hopkins trade, a full year of Kenyon Drake. In a normal year, you likely wouldn't have been around the team too much at this point of the year. This year, certainly not a normal one whatsoever. But from what you've been able to gather about the team and however much time you've spent with them, what's the feeling around this offense going into 2020?
2: Um, The feeling is this offense should take a huge step forward. I mean, they're fortunate in the sense that they're not installing a new offense uh, during this pandemic when they can't get together. Kyler Murray knows this offense. Most of the offensive starters outside of DeAndre Hopkins know this offense. Kenyon Drake knows this offense. So they won't have to start, you know, fresh when they get to training camp, whenever that might be. They can kind of step back into this offense. In terms of what it could be, I mean, I think it could be explosive. I mean, I I think Kyler Murray was showed last year he can be an elite quarterback. He needed a number one receiver. Now he's got one in DeAndre Hopkins. They re-signed their number one back in Drake. Their offensive line comes back intact. I don't think there's any reason this shouldn't be one of the top 10 offenses in the league next year, especially given the way Cliff Kingsbury attacks defenses. To me, he's an elite play caller already. I mean, there are questions about him as a head coach, but in terms of offensive football, there's not a lot of guys that really do some of the packages and things he does. So it'll be really exciting to see what the Cardinals do this coming
1: season. Hey, Scott, you know, I'm sure the initial plan from Arizona's standpoint was to improve the defense through the draft. They did that through free agency, but another plan of theirs potentially to add a top tier wide receiver. You mentioned DeAndre Hopkins. Was that the plan no matter what, or is it just Hopkins became available? And, you know, that's obviously a top wide receiver in the league that they just had to jump on that opportunity.
2: No, their plan was to add a number one receiver. I, I think if they had not gotten DeAndre Hopkins, they very easily could have taken either C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy, somebody like that with a number eight pick. Maybe traded down a couple spots and grabbed one of those guys. They knew they needed a number one wideout. But when that trade became available, I mean, you know, you, you take DeAndre Hopkins. He's a three-time mm-hmm. All-Pro receiver. You got off David Johnson's 10.2 million guaranteed contract. For some inexplicable reason that no one in the NFL understands, Bill O'Brien made that trade, and the Cardinals are thrilled. They got one of the top three receivers in the game, got off a bad contract, got their number one wideout. It was an absolute home run of a trade for Arizona.
0: At 10.2, that's an operative number here because that is the number of targets that DeAndre Hopkins averaged in Houston beginning with his breakout 2014 season. Now, he was mostly alone in Houston. Had a guy alongside him uh, most years. Uh, Recently, it's been Will Fuller, although he's been in and out of the lineup for the Texans because of a lot of injuries. He's going to have a little bit more competition in Arizona than he ever did in Houston with Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald and then whatever sort of role Kenyon Drake plays in the passing game, Chase Edmonds as well. Can Hopkins be the sort of target monster for Arizona that he was for Houston?
2: Yeah, I, I don't think there's any question. I, I think he will average 8 to 10 targets a game, 9, 10 targets somewhere in there. He's going to be their number one wideout. And as much as Larry Fitzgerald is in Hall of Fame, one of the greatest ever wide receivers, he's 37 years old. He's not the player he once was. He's a dependable target over the middle, but he's not a guy you're gonna you're going to target 10 times a game. Same with Christian Kirk. They're going to be the supplementary receivers to DeAndre Hopkins. And as much as Cliff Kingsbury likes to throw the ball, and I think you're going to see a lot more of that 10 personnel than you did the final three months of the season last year. DeAndre Hopkins is going to get his chances. If you're a fantasy player, to me, he'd be one of the top three or four wide outs taken.
1: So after Hopkins, is there a clear number two wide receiver on this team?
2: Well, probably Larry Fitzgerald just because of his status and who he is. And he's a reliable target in the red zone, in the end zone. He's not going to go deep and burn people like that. But on third downs, if it's a third and six, third and seven, you can look for him. His size and ability to catch the ball still makes it difficult for defenders. Um, And then Christian Kirk is number three. Um, I think their top three receivers are set. Those are the three guys. After that, it's a crapshoot, maybe Andy Isabella. But I think Fitzgerald right now is the number two.
0: All right, let's talk about the quarterback here. It's a pretty important guy to get to, Kyler Murray, the AP Offensive Rookie of the Year last year. As you said, some truly great moments last year. Also some growing pains to be expected for any rookie quarterback. And we're on a little bit of a pattern here in the NFL with second-year quarterbacks breaking out. Two years ago, it was Patrick Mahomes. Last season, it was Lamar Jackson. There's a whole lot of belief uh, across the NFL and fantasy football worlds that this year, Kyler Murray can continue that pattern and be that second-year breakout quarterback in 2020. What does he need to improve in his game to do that?
2: Uh, Two things. One is pocket awareness. He took way too many sacks last year. The Cardinals gave up 50 sacks, but about half of those were Kyler Murray's fault. He has a tendency when the rush is coming to back up in the pocket rather than step into the pocket. Part of that is probably because he's 5'10", and when he steps up, it's hard for him to see over the big bodies at the line of scrimmage. But what happens when he backs up, he turns around, he gets lost, and he took way too many big sacks last year, where it was a nine-yard sack, a seven-yard sack, 11-yard sack that put the Cardinals in second, 18, third, and 17, things like that. That's one thing. The other thing is just take some easy throws when they're there. Um, he's so good. He has such great arm talent, and he can do so many things with his feet that I think he feels like sometimes if I get out of the pocket, I can make a really big play. And a lot of times he does. But there are also times when he just needs to take the 7-yard completion and just check it down and, and, and take the easy catch. And that will come with experience. What you don't want to do is is just make him a pocket passer who doesn't get outside looking for that big play. Because like Lamar Jackson, he can. Like Patrick Mahomes, he can do that. It's just finding a balance between taking that easy throw and then using his ability to turn a 6-yard gain into maybe a 30-yard gain.
1: Yeah, you know, Scott, he definitely has the ability to – get away from the pressure and use his legs. I was on full display last year as a rookie, but you mentioned the sacks league high, 48 sacks last season and the O-line returns fully intact. I'm sure, as you said, half of those sacks on him, but how does Arizona do a better job of protecting him?
2: I actually think they did a pretty good job last year. Again, the offensive line only gave up about 25 of those sacks. Everybody around the the NFL nationally thinks they really had to upgrade their offensive line. I thought the offensive line was decent last year. Is it one of the best units in the league? No, no, but it's not one of the worst either. They re-signed D.J. Humphreys, their left tackle. They drafted Josh Jones. Uh, he'll be the long term answer at right tackle. They brought back Marcus Gilbert at right tackle. The only real change they'll have is up front, where Mason Cole will replace A.Q. Shipley as a starting center. But they've been grooming Cole for this position for three years. He's played a lot of it. So that won't be a major factor. I think the offensive line is going to be solid. again. This is more on Murray getting rid of the ball more quickly and stepping up in the pocket as opposed to kind of drifting around the pocket and that will really reduce the number of sacks in 2020.
0: And one thing we love about Murray in the fantasy community is the value that he provides as a runner. Last year, 93 carries, 544 yards, and four touchdowns. Let's say he does make that improvement, and I think it overall is going to improve his game, real-life fantasy, whatever. But let's say he does make that improvement. He starts getting rid of the ball quicker, taking those easy six, seven-yard plays when they're available, is stepping up rather than drifting back in the pocket and making plays like that. Do we see a reduction in his rushing production? I don't think so, because I think Cliff
2: Kingsbury will call enough running plays for him. Cliff still wants to make good use of his legs. He's not going to put Kyler Murray out there like Lamar Jackson, 10, 12, 15 times a game rushing. He does not want to do that. For one thing, Kyler Murray is a much better, pure passer than Lamar Jackson. But he's not going to just neuter Kyler Murray and say, you're not going to run the ball. He's going to call design runs. And Kyler, on his own, will get out of the pocket and create yardage with his feet. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if he rushes for another 500 yards. I just think that's part of the offense, part of who he is.
1: All right, so we have a top wide receiver in DeAndre Hopkins. We have a top quarterback in Kyler Murray in the fantasy land, and also Kenyon Drake is getting a lot of buzz in the fantasy community as well. Coming off a career-high 170 carries last year, split between Arizona and Miami, 123 with – Arizona Scott in just eight games eight touchdowns and just doing some averages 15 carries per game about 18 touches per game can Drake handle a full workload like that can he touch the ball 300 times and Chase Edmonds looked really good in a small sample size as well and uh, how do you see this backfield shaping out
2: well Kenyon Drake is a clear number one but that's the one question about him can he handle being the number one for a full season he always split carries in Miami was never the feature back there he will be the feature back here, but it's with a caveat. I think you'll see Chase Edmonds more than you did late last season. He was kind of hurt by an ankle injury and never really recovered. So Kenyon really got the bulk of the carries. I do think you'll see Kenyon get the ball 15, 17 times a game, whether it's on the ground or on passing plays. He'll get that many touches. I think from a fantasy perspective, he can be a guy that you know rushes for over 1,000 yards Has maybe 30 to 40 catches, maybe four to five catches, you know, touchdown catches on the year. I think he's going to be a very good featured back for fantasy football. Um, Again, I can see him 1,200 yards rushing, you know, and and 10 touchdowns during the season.
0: He's definitely being treated as such in early drafts and early rankings right in that low-end RB1 mix along with guys like Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, Miles Sanders. None of us are going to be surprised by a big season out of Kyler Murray, Kenyon Drake, DeAndre Hopkins. We expect that. We even expect you know, guys like Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald to at least be supplementary fantasy pieces at the very least. If there is one guy on this team who ends up surprising us. And I think that's definitely possible given the fertile offensive environment in Arizona. Who would you bet on that being?
2: Well, I'll give you a name that not, most people probably haven't heard of. It's tight end Dan Arnold. He was released by the Saints last year just because they didn't have room on the roster for him. Arizona picked him up late in the season, and we all thought, all right, they're picking up some guy off the waiver wire. He can't be that good. He wowed them in the first couple practices. In the final game of the season against the Rams – I'm not sure if I have the numbers totally correct, but I think he caught five or six passes for 73 yards and a touchdown. He's six foot six. He can go up high and catch the ball. He's got great hands. He runs good routes. He's the kind of threat a tight end they have not had before. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's a guy that winds up catching, you know, has 50 receptions and six and seven touchdowns on the season. Kyler Murray loves him and his ability to go up and get the ball and, and, above shorter defenders makes him a real valuable weapon in the the red zone, in the end zone. So don't be surprised if Dan Arnold turns out to be a really good fantasy tight end sleeper this coming season.
1: Scott, you're getting me fired up about Arizona. There's (laughs) a lot to like about this team. I want to talk just quickly before we wrap up about just the defense just a little bit. Obviously they got a great player. You mentioned potentially, you know, they were targeting a wide receiver earlier in the draft but they got Isaiah Simmons who in Clemson basically lined up everywhere yes <laughs> I mean, he played a little bit of cornerback and you know in the fantasy land Arizona really struggled against tight ends they allowed 16 touchdowns a league high like almost 70 fantasy points in the next closest team and Simmons is going to be a big part of that where do you see him lining up as a linebacker slash safety what are the expectations for him in year one
2: he is not going to play five positions like he did at Clemson. That's just not realistic for a rookie in the NFL. But what I think you will see, he'll line up primarily at inside linebacker, but he'll also play some safety depending on the matchup. For example, when the Cardinals play the 49ers, a lot of times you're going to see Isaiah Simmons as a safety walking up on George Kittle and covering George Kittle, a guy they have not been able to handle at all the last couple of seasons. So not just Simmons, but they also signed Devondre Campbell from um, Atlanta, and he was supposedly good in coverage last year for the Falcons, able to cover tight ends. Now they have two players that can really kind of blanket tight ends and address one of their huge weaknesses on defense last season. So in terms of Simmons, a lot at inside linebacker, some at rush linebacker on certain passing downs, and some at safety if they want to match up against a tight end
0: going to be one of the most fun teams to watch one of the most exciting teams to think about and target players on during fantasy draft season this summer the Arizona Cardinals That's Scott Bordeaux our Cardinals beat writer Scott thanks for joining us today
2: all right and when Dan Arnold catches uh, 60 passes next year make sure you
0: thank me (laughs) we definitely will we will promise that we will report where we heard that one first Uh, you can follow Scott on Twitter at s Bordeaux, B O R D O W. That's going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Our first episode. Thanks so much for joining us. If you're not yet an athletic subscriber, you can get a free 90 day trial or 50% off an annual subscription at slash free 90 days. For Chris Meany and Scott Bordeaux, I'm Michael Beller. Fantasy Football in 15. We'll be back with you tomorrow.